0: My entrepreneurship show really starts with fire.
1: I want to give a special shout out to our Instagram page. If you have yet to follow us then, what are you waiting for? Follow our cute little coconut for great reminders, content snippets, and great vibes to perfume your day. We know you'll love it as we expand our ecosystem to journey with you every step along the way. So come on to the Financial Coconut Instagram page now. Tag us whenever you see some interesting stuff. Help grow our community together. Link is in the description below. Every day, someone has their factory burned down. But more importantly, how do you think you have handled the situation? Would you fall into the abyss? Would you rage quit? What would you do? Would you take care of your guys and be that superstar leader that many secretly hope to be? I'm not sure what I would do, but I'm pretty sure Shafiq, co-founder of Mecca, a 3D printing and prototyping firm, has done an amazing job in handling a situation that even seasoned entrepreneurs would remotely ever think of. By the way, fire aside, I think they do really quirky stuff. And one of the funniest things that they do is they literally print 3D printed Guanima, like the goddess of mercy. Yes. (laughs) Join us as we explore how he moved on to partner up and thrive beyond this epic moment in his entrepreneur journey. Welcome to Entrepreneur Shit Show
0: like that fire essentially changed everything like it was a really inconvenient time in life it was like on the business end we were look i was looking at expanding um the other business that i had the 3d printing business and also looking at expanding this the sandblasting business and at the same time uh, personally it wasn't the most convenient of times my wife and i had just gotten our home we had just settled in uh we were looking at having kids you know fertility and all that mumbo-jumbo was starting and then you know, your life changed overnight. La. So I still remember it was, um, I woke up in the morning. So when I go to sleep at night, I put my phone away and I don't uh, bother about it. And I woke up in the morning. So it is about 6.15 in the morning and you have like 17 missed calls and how many hundred messages. And I'm like, Oh, some a great sh- way to start the day. Some shit must have really gone down. And that's why I really thought, Oh man, some shit must have gone down. And then call is one of the guys that worked with me and he was like, Boss, Got big fire here, Sungai it. I was like, oh, so how's our workshop? He's like, never really touch our workshop, but everything close. Then I'm like, oh, fuck. So I was like, okay, I'll come down. And I went down and you see fire trucks. There's just so many fire trucks. And they've made this little tentage for all these firefighters to have their lunch and while they are fighting the fire so they can go and fight the fire and then come and have fucking lunch and then go back and fight the fire. And you're like this must be freaking serious life. These guys can have a break and rotating shift and all that sort of shit. And you couldn't really see what was going on inside, you know? Like, it was a road that was closed up. So you couldn't really see what was going on inside. So you're standing, like, the outside main road with people trying to... uh, people trying to control traffic, with people trying to tell you to move away from there and you're just like... "Uh, That's essentially all we've worked for for the last two years, burning up, lah. Um yeah so really essentially at that point in time my first uh, thoughts were like oh damn i need you know i need to take care of the workers so i essentially only had two workers at that point in time and i need to make sure like they were taken care of so uh had to put them up in a hotel and say hey you know rest a while as in i didn't want them to go back to their dormitory after what had happened i felt like that wasn't a space a safe space for them so put them up in a hotel and told them hey you know do whatever you need to do and then uh, we'll start our discussions about what we need to do next later on. La. So I think they enjoyed it a lot, staying in the hotels. They were probably like, fuck, in the heart of little India. And, uh, you know, we could do, get good food and walk around the city and stuff like that. La. So that was, a, that was I guess, an interesting experience. Uh, but for me, that was really when things started. I, just, I think for me, I realised at that point in time, uh, I had to make a decision, do, you want to con- do I want to continue with this business or do I just want to say, uh, you know, cut my losses and be done with it. Um, so in the end, I sat down, took a few days, sat down and said, hey, um, you know, if I were to rebuild this business, how much effort and how much money would it take? Yeah, versus me just going into something else or me even just saying, take a fucking break. La. Uh, so I think at the back of my mind, I had already decided, but it took like, quite a lot to justify and especially with the, with the workers, one of them really didn't want to go back, one of them wanted to go back and it was a good chance for him to go back and start a life of his own uh, and the one who really didn't want to go back was like, oh, you know, please, I want to continue being here and blah, 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 but at a certain point, I had to have a bit of heartlessness in me and say, look, I'm really not starting the business again this is all I can give to you and this is all I can do to take care of you and you need to go and find another job. It was a bit fucked up of me to, 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 to do that. But in a way I think I needed to do that for myself because I can't build a whole fucking business just around the fact that this guy didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's where that was. Mm.
2: And at the back of your head, you said you already decided, Right. But then why yeah. why did it take so long for you then to make the decision? Before,
0: to okay, cut? so before the fire, right? There were already were aspects of the business that I found really difficult to to understand. There were, you know, it was difficult to collect money. So we were more. So let me just come back and explain to you what the business was about. Uh, in twenty sixteen, uh, July twenty sixteen, my grandmother had passed away. So when my grandmother passed away, uh, in all Muslims basically bury. La. I'm supposed to be a Muslim. And uh, all Muslims bury. La. So my grandmother was all about, you know, she got, she, so she was buried after she died. And uh, after she's buried, they build this sort of tombstone. Um, the Muslim way, if you talk about like real beliefs, real Muslim beliefs and things like that, there's a few schools, people say you can, you cannot, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter to me. It's like whatever whatever she wanted or whatever the family wanted to do. So we built this little tombstone for her and stuff like that. And uh, it was a very complicated affair. I felt like dealing with the contractor and all that sort of thing was way too complicated. Because prior to that, you have to remember, I was already involved in CAD design, product design. I was involved in 3D printing and all these sort of things. And I'm like, why the fuck must it be so complicated? And also, in 2016, more or less the 3D printing business had plateaued. So it was like... Hmm, you know, we're at a comfortable space, I don't know where to grow it, and so I thought, oh, maybe diversify and do something else. So I saw this and I was like, yeah, we have all the right resources. And then I started digging into the business. And as I dug into the business, I found that um, the person we were dealing with was a contractor. The contractors only have two suppliers to work with. And both of the suppliers were just two old Chinese men. And they were like, oh, you know, we're too old for this, and blah blah blah. And I know one of the guys was willing to retire. One of the guys was like, yeah, no, I'm going to do this until they they drag the, the sandblaster off my hands and things like that. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I went, obviously you go to the guy that's going to retire and you, you make friends with him. I didn't go in saying I want to make him an offer and buy him out and all this stuff. I was just friends with him. I was like, yeah, you know, if you could, you know, work with me, supply me and things like that. And then this old man's like, Oh, why don't you just buy this business over? Um, and long story short, I told him just give me a number. If the number makes sense to me, I will take over lah. And uh, his number made sense at that point in time, but now in hindsight, you're like, hmm, could have bargained a little bit la. But it's not one of those. It's not one of those things you don't you do at that point in time lah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So uh, it was good. Took over the business. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Took over the business. Paid him um had to raise a bit of money from like friends and family and stuff like that paid him and then took over the business and i was very adamant that i didn't want him to be involved in the business Uh, i didn't want it to go back to the owner operator ways i wanted it to go to uh business business way i didn't want him to be running it and all this type of thing so i guess he felt a bit unhappy like i basically retired him but too bad what you gonna do you already got your money right (laughs) so uh yeah so worked with uh, at that point he only had one worker worked with the worker to say hey uh you know let's 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 change things let's really do things differently and stuff like that so we we really, me and uh, the worker, his name was Dipu. Me and Dipu really grew the business in a way. So Dipu did really as a, essentially all the operational stuff. Uh, I did more of the, 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 the bigger stuff, la, the strategy and stuff like that, and the finance and all that sort of things. Um, Dipu essentially was one of the best things to happen at that point in time. Dipu was uh, hardworking. working. was honest. Dipu, you know, and he helped a lot. And uh, as, because we were only able to grow the business because Dipu was that great. Um, then we grew the business. We had, we brought in one more guy who could take care of all the IT side of things so us, the designs and all that sort of things, which was really great. So, um, then what happened?
2: So is it because of all of these happenings that it was very hard to make the cut?
0: So this was, this was one of the reasons why it was hard to make the cut and say, oh, this is a bad business. Let's not get into it. But... On the other end, there were a lot of cons to the business. There were a lot of sides of the business that were just really fucked up. Number one was because we were suppliers working with contractors, it was fucking difficult to collect money from the contractors. Uh, these guys would drive fancy cars and they would suddenly tell me, Oh Ali, I don't have any money to pay you. They would say in Malay, Ali, try to do it, ini. And you're like, I can scold you, but where's the joy in that? <laughs> but after a while, I found the joy, you know. I was like, "Oh, be cheap, You owe me money, do you know, all that sort of thing." After a while, you really found the joy in that because who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. if you owe me, if you owe a certain amount of money and you have no interest in paying me back, then I'm going to just take liberties, lah. I'm going mm. to be scolding you, scolding your mother, scolding your son scolding yeah. everything that that <laughs> walks around you, lah. <laughs> It's really just it's really jazz. all that jazz, all that jazz. Yeah, all that jazz. Cause it's <laughs> Listen bro, when people owe you money like that and mm. you know that they they are so upset with having to pay you mm, mm. yeah it, it's 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 very 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 upsetting.
2: But then they are living the life.
0: Yeah, but then they are living the life. Yeah. Oh, so shit. So that was that was one thing. The other thing was um the business was very, very, very capital intensive for me. Mm. I felt like every few months I had to bring in a whole load of granite and marble and and it was costing a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Lah. And uh, having to also grow the business would have been really capital intensive. And I thought, there has to be a better way to make money in the world, you know. And again, like I said, <laughs> I, I didn't have any... I had a passion for things. I, I did feel in a way that, uh, you know, sandblasting and this whole marble granite sculpting thing was was fun and i had a lot of uh, fun doing it and i had a passion for it but not in a i'm gonna give up my whole life and dedicate myself to it at the same time i also felt because i had take, done this business after my grandmother passed away i felt oh maybe it's something like my in a way it's something like my grandmother had left me so i felt that respect for it but i didn't feel like oh, i have to dedicate my whole life to this and things like that So. Even before the fire happened, I was just, there was certain points I was like, can we just build this up and sell this off and let someone else run it? Or can we like you know, you know know run it automatically so that I can go and do something else and things like that? So there was always the little inklings at the back of my mind. I'll tell you a funny story that my wife feels um, uh, shows my... My zero to 100 mentality. Uh, our computer, our, the computer that was doing all of the designs actually broke down. And essentially, the problem was uh, you just basically had to change a little battery on it because some shit with the motherboard or something like that. Lah. So, you had to change this little battery on it. Obviously, I didn't know that. I, In my mind, I thought, oh, it's a fucking old computer and it's broken down. And for me to redo all of these designs and blah, 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 blah. And I told my wife, oh, you know what? Let's just close down the business because the fucking computer broke down. <laughs> That, that's it uh, Bro You have to pay attention To that fact uh. I told my wife Let's close down This business Because the computer broke down And my wife's like I, Insane I, You Insane Like You just went from Zero to 100 Then all the way to Like 200 In no time You know Your computer broke down And you're like Oh close the business <laughs> She's, Yeah. Yeah um, But There always was These little inklings There um, But I must tell you The business When people paid It made Money And it made good money. Uh, and it was what allowed me to live the type of life that we live. La. Mm. Yeah.
2: So then after the fire, the business came, like, disappeared, like, essentially. It just went uh,
0: away? It disappeared. It went away. So after the fire, the fire happened in December of 2018. Uh, so I think in just around that time also, the few days after that, after um, the workers went back to Bangladesh and to India, I decided that, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, Then I decided also that it was time to take a break. So, had a nice long 2019 of a holiday.
2: So, during the break in in 2019, right? Yeah. Like, how was that for you? I think most entrepreneurs, you know, breaks are not very... Uh, It's not that great, like, usually.
0: It was great for me because up to that point, I hadn't really taken a break. And it was like, just the past two years before that was like it work, work, work all the way. So in between those two years in twenty seventeen I had got I got married. I got wen- married on a Wednesday evening. Uh, which was an odd time to get married, but it was Wednesday evening because Why is it, it an odd time? Because it, it was my birthday. So ah. like Wednesday evening, you know, people okay, are like okay. Eh, hey, when you get married on Wednesday evening uh? like, Why don't you do it on a Saturday I'm like, what? I get why? married whenever why? I want to get yeah, married uh. yeah. But anyway, it was an odd time Friday for Friday morning, people. you wake up, you want to get married Okay, let's yeah. get married So like. Wednesday, we got married on Wednesday We had a whole Wednesday full of uh, uh, festivities in a way So we got married on Wednesday Thursday, I had a bit of a break But I was still working Like I was on the phone and I was still working And then Friday, we were back to work Uh, So, we were like, yeah, there's no break. We didn't really have a honeymoon of sorts. We had a honeymoon, but it was just like uh, two weeks where we went away, you know, and stuff like that. So, we didn't really, as as husband and wife, we didn't really have a break. And I have family that lives overseas, like my mom lives overseas and all that sort of things. And I'm like, yeah, didn't really have a break. Didn't really spend time with family. Didn't really do much. So, I took 2019 and that was essentially at the start of 2019. I said, okay, this year, no matter what happens, the main thing that has to happen is... I have to come out at the end of the year, like uh, Recharge having said that I'm sick of having a break already. Uh, so, that's what I did 2019. So, 2019 was quite fun in the sense that uh, we got to travel. I got to explore different opportunities. I went to Bangladesh to visit Deepu and all that sort of thing. So, things. cool. Yeah. So, so it, was, it, was, it was fun. And uh, went to Bangladesh, explored opportunities in Bangladesh. Went to uh, spend some time in LA. Spent... Where else did we go? I can't even fucking remember now. But yeah, 2019 was fun in that way. Um, but essentially... What happened was that because i had built the 3d printing business before and it was an online business that was more or less running itself la, so all i had to do was get a warehouse to ship out all the orders that were on that were ordered online and that's it I was gold so i didn't really need to be involved much in the business i did get involved in the business when uh, there were difficult clients and stuff like that la, but other than that 2019 was so i came out of 2019 saying oh wow it's such a great year to be alive and a great time to start off 2020 and then fucking COVID happened but it's an it was a it was a a great time to to, to get out okay
1: and then
2: from from 2019 to 2020 essentially you took a break right Mm. and in the process of the break I think sounds like you've done a lot of stuff right so did you kind of like find your center again as to why you do what you do you know, and was that was uh, that was that a thing for you?
0: Like what? Not really. I think away? I always knew. I always knew why why I do what I do. And the main the main point being, um, I enjoyed the freedom of it. I enjoyed uh, being able to do these things. Being able to say, oh, I'm gonna take a break, or being able to. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy is actually being able to fire your customer.
2: <laughs> tell me more. Tell I more. really <laughs>
0: enjoy that part of it. You know, if I work for someone, right? I wouldn't be able to tell the customer to fuck off, mm, mm. but because I work for myself, right? I mean, I don't tell customers to fuck off, like, That's <laughs> just rude. La. But because I do it for myself, right? I can essentially tell customers, oh, sorry, you're probably not the right fit of a customer for us. Uh, thank you very much for uh your inquiries, lah. So that's that's really one of the biggest freedoms I enjoy, lah. Mm. Yeah, and I think. For most entrepreneurs, I think freedom is really a big part of it. I think uh, freedom is really, really important in the in the, the times we live in now, in the, the country we live in now, where you don't have much, you know, you have more or less everything put in front of you already. They say, oh, you finish your blah, 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 your schooling, and then you go and, uh, you know, buy a house, and you get married, and you have kids, and that's the rest of your life, and things like that. So... Essentially, entrepreneurship was my way to stick it to the man. Lah, to say, hey, no, I'm not going to do it this way that you have told me to do. I'm going to do it my own way. And even though I'm going to suffer in this uh, environment that you have built. Uh, but yeah, it, it was the freedom to say that. Lah. And it was, uh, I think it was a large part because of uh, one particular episode in my life where in uh, '98, during the Asian financial crisis, my mom uh, lost her job. She was working with... Uh, some oil and gas company lah. Let's refrain from naming names. Yeah, 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 so yeah. she was uh, working <laughs> with an oil and gas firm... And then she lost her job after like... 16, 17 years. And she really enjoyed her job. And then... At that point in time, I was like... What? ten, eleven 11 years old was I? Yeah. 10, 11 years old. And then I realised... Uh, and then my mom also at that point was... Uh, had just given birth to my little sister. And I was like... Huh. She just gave birth. And then she lost her job. And then now we are... Hmm. And also... Uh, I guess in context is uh, my mom brought us up. My mom um, got divorced when she was when we were younger, and then remarried, and then had my little sister. And again, she got divorced. It wasn't. It didn't work out. So in context, we always only had my mom as a sole breadwinner, and uh, we had good supportive family around us. But at the end of the day, it's just your immediate family that you have to look to. So when I saw this in 1998, I was like. It's a bit insane. You work for someone for 16 years and you've built everything they've asked you to build for them. And then after that, they just say, okay, thank you for your service. Bye-bye. And so I say, I, oh, that's, 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 that's just insane. So I'd say, it's just not going to happen to me. But I think I never really thought of entrepreneurship or being in business as a as something that I could do straight away. If I had known earlier, I would have started my business when I was fucking twelve years old, which I did actually. I was uh, was trading in comics when I was younger, lah. But, like, <laughs> I would have started something larger when you when you when I was younger, lah. If I if I knew that it was a very viable opportunity at that point, la. Mm, mm. Yeah. And
2: I think there's two themes here that revolved right quite a bit. Number one is about family. Uh, it sounds like your family is, uh, is quite a bedrock in, in your life because a lot of entrepreneurs that we've interviewed there's um, a lot of dissonance between like family wants them to do a certain thing and uh-huh. then they, they rebel and, and do another thing uh-huh. right? so, and then become an yeah, entrepreneur I understand so, <laughs> how
0: was that for you? Uh, yeah you know when, when, when I uh, went to university I studied biological sciences and there was always a running joke when I, when I took over the sandblasting business I used to tell dipu And I used to And people around me Even used to say Your mother sent you To university right She never thought This was what you would be doing you know? <laughs> I was like Yeah my mother sent me To university And she thought I would be a doctor And I'm basically like A construction worker <laughs> now <laughs> la. Nothing wrong With a construction <laughs> worker But <laughs> essentially uh, Then I'm like But there, at no, there were points When family would be like You know Why don't you just like Find a good job Nice high paying job You could probably you know Do quite well for yourself And things like that But I think they gave up After like two weeks Of telling me that <laughs> They were like This guy's too much of a Difficult Stubborn person He's just He's an asshole lah basically mm-hmm. So he's never gonna listen to us lah. Uh, Then they They were always supportive Then they started supporting more um, They started coming up with things like Trying to give me ideas About different things that I could do uh, Trying to give me ideas about or even trying to just say like, hey, how can we help you and all this type of thing. Mm. So family was always supportive in that sense. And
2: Um, was it different in the sense that do you feel the difference when your family was questioning what you're trying to do and then they turn around and say like, hey, you know, how can we help and how does that feel?
0: How did that feel? Let me think about this. I've never actually put that, those feelings into context.
1: Hey guys, I know many of you are looking to invest in properties but struggle to get quality content about it. I mean, many of these property content online are tainted with sales bias and we rarely hear from real investors themselves. So in this new show, I will be hosting with co-host Troy. We will dive deep with seasoned professionals, casual investors and experts to help you get a head start on your property investing journey. So join us on the Coconut Avenue today on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or anywhere you consume your content. This will be a seasonal podcast with episodes airing every Wednesday Wednesday. So what are you waiting for? Head over to The Coconut Avenue now. Details at thefinancialcoconut.com slash podcast.
0: No, eh, not, it wasn't really very different for me. I feel like my family wasn't... Uh, it, they, they weren't like not so completely not supportive. They were just like, oh, you know, yeah, something else that you could be doing. And they weren't like completely unsupportive. La. So I didn't mm. really feel a difference. La. Mm, uh, mm. But now and especially after everything that happened and they've seen like essentially I, this is how I feel like they've seen how far I've come they'll be like oh actually this guy can probably make something of himself doing uh, this business or doing whatever business he does mm-hmm. so I think for the difference is probably for them they see um, the opportunity they see how uh, it's different uh, from having a job they see the unlimited potential right <laughs> yeah. yeah so I guess that's, that's, that's the part for them. La. Mm. But like you said. La, family is a very important bedrock. And I guess. We've, uh, for most entrepreneurs also. Even if you're saying that. Uh, someone whose family has. Is not supportive of them. After a while. They come around. Is number one. Or. When they start building their own family, then that becomes a supportive family for them, la. Building their own family, not in the traditional sense of husband, wife, and kids and stuff like that. They build, you know, friendships. They build their business community and stuff like that. So, uh, family is a very important bedrock in entrepreneurship. If you ask me, it's um, who you turn to, even if they can't give you the right answers. It's it's who you who you look towards to say. Oh, this is why do I do or or this is why I need to wake up fucking early tomorrow morning to go and meet this asshole of a client and all that sort of things. So
2: who do you turn to specifically?
0: Uh, Right now, I turn to my wife. I think uh, my wife's been quite supportive in that sense. Uh, She's an entrepreneur in her own way. So she she she's also she understands she understands the the, the, the potential of the uh, the potential of what we do as entrepreneurs and she also understands that uh if I went out and find a job we'll probably have a lot of money but we won't have a lot of potential lah. so uh yeah so she understands that so I turn to my wife quite a lot i, turn, I essentially i turn to family lah. so uh turn to my mom turn to my aunties turn to yeah my brothers turn to my cousins turn, yeah we just Turn to each other. You turn to different people when you need different things, isn't it? Yeah, friends, friends. You know, when you get to this age, I mean, I'm not that old, but when you when I'm now thirty three years old, and I'm, uh, you only have a small group of friends. You only have uh, really really good friends that have uh, essentially been friends since you were young. So your army days or even maybe just slightly before your army days and things like that so these are people that know you these are people that support you these are people that uh, see you through things la. so these are sort of like family also in a way mm. actually they are they are
2: family real cool and and uh, this central theme about freedom mm. right you talk a lot about it right so I'm kind of curious what does freedom mean to you
0: uh, so essentially when I got into this when I started um with business and with the businesses and stuff like that uh it was about financial freedom Uh, but then i realized the more important thing here was uh the freedom in terms of time Uh, you only really have you can earn unlimited amounts of money and that really is the truth you need to you know strike on the right idea be able to sell the correct thing to the correct person and that's it you can make all your money uh and make sure your factory don't burn yeah make sure your (laughs) factory don't burn down and stuff like that lah Or just buy a lot of insurance
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, okay
0: But (laughs) You see, the thing is, right Freedom in terms of time That you cannot buy How much money you have You can't You you can't buy time with people You can't buy time with uh, With uh, With what you want to do You can't buy your time with experiences And things like that So freedom It evolved into being Freedom with my time for me Mm -hmm. Yeah
2: And so, in some ways, your old business gave you that freedom.
0: Yeah. Right. Not the new one. Because it's important. So, the old business, the 3D printing business gave me the freedom. Um, The new business, the sandblasting business, well, new at that point in time, the new business was, uh, if we had built it, I mean, if it hadn't had burned down, then it would essentially have been running itself and it would have given me additional freedom. So, it was like, you know, your two years, three years worth of work. You build something and then you move on to the next one. That that was how I saw the patterns in my life, la. So essentially, freedom, lah, freedom of time. But uh, when when it came to twenty nineteen, and I really needed the freedom of time and the financial freedom, then I fell back into the the old business, at the three D printing business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: that took a like, you 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 kind of jazzed it up, right, from there.
0: Yeah. So yeah. in twenty nineteen, after the little break, I got a bit. Um, Bored. Tired of uh, saying... Yeah, I got bored of uh, having a break. And I also got a bit tired of the 3D printing business in a sense that it was really just a retail and actually, distribution actually you business. you just kind
2: of give me a little bit better understanding of like, what do you mean by tired of the break? Because you know, a lot of people are like so mm. excited about like traveling the world and, yeah. you know, doing all that jazz, right? But, yeah. but w- why do you feel tired of taking a break? Uh,
0: it was two things for me. Number one was I felt that uh, I had fallen into a comfort zone. And it was uh, very, very, very comfortable, Let's just say. Uh, so so,
2: so you, how does that? It was. How, how it is was,
0: that like comfort zone? I in, I essentially just didn't feel ambitious anymore. Mm. Yeah, so I, I thought it was really important for me to get out of that, lah. It was, it was, it had done what it needed to do. The break had, had reached its. The break at that point was like, you know, my work here is done and uh, you needed to move on to something else. So I really felt that in a way, some kind of that loss of ambition that I was, oh, you know, actually this life, not bad. What I can sit down here and the business runs itself and I have money and I have time and I have. And then I think to myself, fuck, this is not what you want to be doing. This is, (laughs) you know, essentially this is not the house you want to live in your whole life this is not the car you want to drive your whole life this is you you, you want more right like if if you are okay with this being your house and if this you're yeah, okay I think i say this as just a way to quantify things i don't say this as uh you know all i think about is money i say this really as a way to quantify. i mean how else am i gonna fucking say it right so if this is the house you want to live in your whole life then well and good live this fucking life mm-hmm. if you want to you know Buy nicer houses, build nicer houses, and all that sort of things. Then obviously you have to work harder, like You have to have ambition. You have to blah blah blah. You have to get out of that, la.
2: Yep. Okay, and then, and so from there you came out, and then so you from there came
0: out, uh, started back with the three D printing business. Um, so in uh, twenty twenty when uh, this whole thing with COVID hit, we were still essentially a retail and distribution business. Uh, but also at that point in time i met uh, i've I known this guy since before but i approached him at that point and said hey look we both do relatively similar things and you do something that i aspire to do and uh, if we come together i can support you in doing you doing more of what you currently do which is like the product development the design engineering and the mechanical design side of things i can support you to do it You know, in terms of the business aspects, the financial aspects and everything. And then we could grow something together. We could make magic happen together. And he essentially agreed. So we decided to combine our businesses in July of 2020. Uh, We operate now as Mecca 3D Printing. Uh, So he essentially closed his business and we operate as Mecca 3D Printing Private Limited. And now we do a lot more like design engineering. We help people build prototypes. We help uh, with manufacturing when people need to. Uh, we do a lot of CAD design, mechanical design and stuff like that. And that's fucking interesting to me instead mm. of just being selling 3D printers and all that. La. Mm. But the retail business and the distribution business then supports all these other projects and all these other businesses that we do. Mm. So that's interesting.
2: Yeah. So, but then how do you... Because it is one thing to start something from scratch. Mm. And it's another thing To already have A thriving business And another person Also have a thriving business And merge mm. Right So how do you end up Deciding to merge With this guy Not about the business per se But the person specific
0: Uh, I'm, I'm new So this guy is Hisham I've known Hisham For quite a while Hisham I've always known Hisham To be one of those Like Really hard working Ambitious He's Yeah ambitious And he's basically a kid la. He's like 20 it's, up to say if I don't really know I think he's 27 or 28 or something like that or probably even younger you know Mm. so I knew Hisham when he was in um, poly and I've known him since then and we've worked together so it wasn't really difficult for me to judge Hisham as a character Uh, as a person it was good I I didn't think there'll be any problem working with him so I said it's fine let's you know let's try this Mm. and uh, as conversations went on I think we more or less aligned yeah. Mm. Uh, you can't really be perfectly aligned With anyone in the world Even the person you marry even the, I think even kids you give birth to You never be perfectly <laughs> aligned to them you know. Mm. But as long as there's some sort of you know Parallelism It works well You're going in the same direction
2: mm. So yeah. it's important From an ideological viewpoint Or from a moral standpoint mm. Or is the technical skills important also how, uh, how For
0: me it? I think Morally, ideologically You need to be similar uh, But in terms of skill sets that needs to be uh, sort of so hisham fills in a lot of gaps in skills that i don't have so if you ask me to do a cat design right i won't be able to do it i can go and find who can do it for you and pay lots of money for them to do it uh, but hisham could just probably could just do it on his own lah. so there was skills gaps that uh, hisham actually filled and stuff like that lah. so essentially. Uh, if you if we are talking about larger picture of you know how you look for partners in this whole entrepreneurship thing that you do, I honestly have no advice. I, I, I feel like it needs to be someone that uh, you can spend the rest of your life with. Like essentially, it's it's essentially like it's finding like dating, your, right? Yeah, so it's like dating, and it's really like finding your wife, and it's even more important than finding your wife. in some ways, you know, mm-hmm. because your wife, right? Is someone you how do I put this without my wife getting fucked up when she sees this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but okay, like it's as important, maybe you can cut out it's as really as important as finding your wife, lah Mm. in 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 a in a in a business partnership.
2: Mm. I think we'll keep
0: that. (laughs) 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 Oh yeah. Okay.
2: So I I think everybody have their own way of choosing their partner. Yeah. But I think you, you did give very valid advice about finding someone that you can as good as marry, right? Because the kind of, honestly, the kind of complexity yeah. in business and the kind of longevity in, yeah. on the journey is, is very, very different. I've
0: seen, so I never really, um, had partners in business. Uh, and I never really thought that it was very important because I think like, oh, you could always, Just pay someone to fill up gaps for you and things like that, which is true to a certain extent. Uh, To a larger extent, you need partners to be with you and advise you and just really be there on the journey next to you. Um, There's this, uh, people always share this common thing about if you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together. Uh, You really need to decide where you are at on that journey. Do you now want to go fast? Or do you now need to say, oh, let's go together and let's go build, build, build deep, um, build a deeper business and go further. La. So es- essentially, each person has to decide on his own whether he really needs partners or not. That's one thing. Um, the second thing is how you decide on your partners is up to you. La. And essentially, most of the time, if you ask me, it's about taking a chance with people, mm. um, getting the basics right and then taking a chance with people. Mm. Uh, and then you have faith you be optimistic and you have faith and you say hey you know this will work out and let's just try to make this work lah as much as possible cool. and i think that's 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 really important with entrepreneurship as a whole you need to have optimism you need to be you need to have faith then you also need to have a certain amount of clarity lah mm. so because optimi- uh, optimism will keep you going uh, but clarity will get you going in a way clarity gives you you know, when, when you don't have the motivation To wake up in the morning When you don't have the discipline To wake up in the morning Which mm. let's be honest Most of us lack <laughs> Clarity will tell you uh, Get up and Fucking do this la. Mm. And having the clarity to, to, Is important Having clarity yeah.
2: Thanks thanks for sharing And do you feel like Okay so this question May be a bit sensitive la, But do you feel like Being a minority in Singapore right, As an entrepreneur does it make a difference? What is your experience like?
0: Uh, I think in the general sense of things, it does make a difference. It's it's not helpful in a way, mm. in a larger sense of things. It's, it's never been a problem for me because I don't fucking care, honestly, at the end of the day. I have mm. had situations where oh, I have been looked down upon. I have been... Uh, uh, we, even with the 3D printing business, we have had situations where someone will walk in to the business and then someone will walk in and I'll be like hi how are you and they're like where's your boss ah? and you're like uh, you go inside lah. I just pretend I don't really know them. I mean at the end of the day I don't know. They own all of it so I as long as I know I only, I don't didn't really care what they thought mm-hmm. even in the sandblasting business um, there were days when um, I would be there doing the work And Deepu would be there doing the work And the other guy would be there doing the work And someone would walk in And approach the only Chinese guy in the the place And he wasn't even fucking working there He was just sitting there having smokes with them, you know (laughs) And he's like, neighbor. Yeah, he's just, the, he's just the neighbor, the metal worker next door or something that comes in and sits down with chills with the cool yeah, kids. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. Were the, we were really the youngest guys uh, there, uh, uh. and I didn't yeah. give a shit about them smoking. I don't smoke, mm. I didn't give a shit about them smoking in the place. I mean, as long as they cleaned up after themselves, so they would always come by, like the neighbors would always come by and sit down and all these stuff of things. And then, so it's so I can really remember it quite clearly. You would have three of us doing the work there and then one guy sitting down smoking and he's just having a chill time and he, he doesn't even work there and someone will walk in going partner, teach, 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 and uh. you're like oh. and this guy is confused like why are you speaking to me Then mm-hmm. this guy's like oh you're going to speak to them and this fool will come and go like where's your boss and I'm like boss not here <laughs> so it was a really funny situation. Your boss not here You call I uh, uh, sort you gave a name card Saying oh you call this number And then this guy Stands outside And calls the number And then it rings inside Which is my number lah. Mm. And I'm like Yeah hello And he's outside Oh you're the boss lah! And he comes back inside and It's it's People do this Style of shit man. Like people just Really look down And people really Just have this Stereotype that You know The Indian guy Or the, the dirty looking dude Who's doing the work Cannot be the boss uh, But it's a very Important part about or being an entrepreneur, you have to be able to do the fucking work. Like you have to be able to get in there in the trenches and fight. Mm. Yeah. And okay. So coming, coming back to your whole thing about minority. I think in general, it is a problem. It is more difficult to, to to get opportunities or it's more difficult. People have these stereotypes that they think, uh, you know, the Indian guy is probably uh, some con man. The Malay guy is lazy. Uh, The Chinese guy is the one with a lot of money and very, very hardworking and, you know, perfect for everything. La. There are all these uh, stereotypes that people do buy into. Uh, but essentially, that's in a general sense. But for me, I didn't give a shit. Mm. Like, if you were a customer that comes in and thought that way, then you were not our customer. La. You cannot possibly be our customer. La. You mm. you cannot. Uh, I could fire you. La. you know, going back to firing your customer, I could fire you. La. I could say, hey, I don't want to deal with you take your stereotypes and take your xenophobia and fuck off from here. La. Mm. Yeah.
2: At the end, you know, I just want to know like why, despite all these, you know, why do you still do what you do?
0: Uh, why do I still do what I do? I think for me, the answer is, it still goes back to the freedom that I have. It goes back to the fact that I can do all of these things. Uh, I am not bogged down by anything. Like, uh, I'm not bogged down by the fact That I have a job I'm not bogged down by like You know Having to answer to my boss And all these sort of things So I feel like It's freedom At the end for me um, It's freedom to pursue The things I want to do The interests that I have uh, The projects that I want It's just being able to um, Explore all these different things That's just really important To me also uh, Curiosity And all that Jazz yes, So that that, that that was important lah. I think freedom is why I continue doing What I do uh i have reflected on life saying hey you know what if this what if that what if this what if that uh and most of the time i think the only advantage any other path might have over what i do now and what i have chosen now would really just be financial uh but then again i'm not in a very bad financial position so yeah it's not there's no need to there's no need to so, so there's only enough money in the world. La. There's only X amount of money that you can have. La. So uh, it wasn't important for me to say, hey, you know, I should have done that. I would have a million dollars more. Like, yeah, it wasn't important for me. But it was freedom. La. So it was freedom in a general sense. The, the the, financial, the time, the just being able to do these things. I think that's, that's my answer. Thank yeah. you. Oh, Thank you. Good stuff. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I think um, for Shafiq, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if I should say interesting, like, but not every day someone's factory gets burned down, right? So, uh, and it's it's also pretty unique the way he handled it. Like he, like, he didn't feel that emotional. I'm sure deeper, if we went deeper, you know, more, more stuff could have, you know, probably would have come out, but think the optimism didn't feel very fake right it feel like it perfumed his belief the way he see you know the way he sees business right taking things in his own stride and just kind of some things you just cannot control and that's the reality of business there are actually many things that you cannot control so i think in this episode i felt that yeah just do what you can just keep working keep doing what you need to do and then you know from there things happen and if it happens good for you if it doesn't happen go back to your drawing block and just kind of try again fundamentally it is still a lot about how often you try and just being smarter every time you do something All right so yeah i think i think that's that um a lot of good juice laugh from him also about the minority ethnicity portion i think it's a very real thing we need to have more conversation about it we're not trying to like stir racial disputes yeah, but we're just trying to recognize that you know gender plays a part race plays a part in the in the business depending on where you're at who you're working with culture you know they all they all interact in terms of day-to-day interaction of course it perfumes um, how entrepreneurship you know is done all Right. so yeah so so that's all for today and because you stay all the way here so we're gonna have uh shafiq has a little bit more to share with you Okay, so I think we got one last question that we'll post-produce. So, um, so if someone wants to start an entrepreneurship, right? Just join entrepreneurship as a journey. Uh huh. You know, what is what is one advice you would give them?
0: is <laughs> <laughs> it that don't do it? No, 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 no. no. I would mm. I would say I really would encourage people to do it to mm. try and do all mm. these sort of things. Um, I don't think there's one advice that you can give anyone. Uh, but when you are starting on it, and I think I come from a bit more experience in a sense that, number one, I've done this for quite a while. Number two, if I have seen friends who have uh, come on board, started this and then fucked off out of it because it's not for them and all that sort of things. Like, I think the most important thing that I see is uh, they weren't optimistic. They didn't have undying faith in themselves. They didn't really see themselves as being able to achieve um, all that they wanted to achieve they, and the second thing was the clarity of it so we come back to optimism and clarity they weren't as optimistic as they needed to be as entrepreneurs and um, they weren't as clear with what they wanted to achieve so for someone who is starting on entrepreneurship and someone who is uh, going to get into this and jump into this, I think uh, the two things that you really need to sort out is your optimism and your clarity. You need to know what you want to do and you really need to have undying faith that you can actually achieve it. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's my advice. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks You're welcome. Coming. Awesome. Cool stuff. All right.
2: It's good. 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 Anything thing. else? Uh, that's good. Good stuff.